the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And, uh, well, let's cover a couple of topics uh, in a moment. But let me first tell you, you're going to want to stick around on today's show because uh, we have a couple of important guests uh, back-to-back. We're going to talk with Todd Benzman. He's got a new book out. We'll talk about his book. We'll talk about immigration. And uh, we will also uh, have a uh, chance to visit uh, with um, John Schlafly and catch up with John on his election uh, column, which is important. These two topics are going to come together in what you need to know, the wink here right now, in just a few moments. So uh, thank you for tuning in. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com to get signed up for the Daily Wink. What you need to know, the Daily Wink, it'll be sent to your email box. And also there you can have all these incredible interviews, uh, all these segments we do. There's a great interview with General Michael Flynn that's getting a ton of attention. Please tune into that. And and a lot more over there. Uh, tomorrow, we will talk with um, my friend James Reston about his book. It's called The 19th Hijacker. Very good book. Very interesting. I'm a big fan of historical fiction, and this is kind of a historical fiction uh, book. We'll talk with him. It's about the 19th. It's called The 19th Hijacker. That's tomorrow. And Selena Zito will be with us tomorrow, the great Selena Zito, uh, and she'll be talking, as she always does, about what she's hearing from citizens in this country. But first, what you need to know today. Let's talk about what you need to know. Um, you know, did you notice this? You might have noticed it. Right Side Broadcasting Network, Right Side Broadcasting Network, which it's a lot of attention. It's basically an, an entity that uh, built up an, uh, their, their, their product to cover Donald Trump in his presidency and in, in his camp, campaign. They covered him at CPAC and they broadcast his, um, his, uh, his speech. They were taken down off of YouTube. And they had that speech taken down also. Now, they haven't gotten YouTube to admit this, but they believe it's because of the speech in which Donald Trump talks about the election in 2020 and the problems with it. And uh, and I did an interview. I did a, um, uh, a podcast, uh, a video podcast uh, uh, with a, a gentleman out in California. I'll, I'll put it out. Once he posts it, I'll talk more about it and make sure. But we, he, he was telling me he is he's actually a libertarian sort of left leaning on immigration, which is bad. And a few other things, not exactly a 100% Trump guy, but when he talks about how corrupt he thought the election was and how he thinks all elections are corrupt, he said he was demonetized. My point here is to warn you, it's getting worse, not better in terms of being able to talk about the problems of election integrity. The problems uh, with the 2020 election. I have said it, and I keep repeating it over and over again. I am not someone who believes that if there was discovered any kind of significant fraud, that there's anything that changes in terms of the presidency. I think our Constitution and our founders knew at the time that they had to have a, a, um, a, a, a process to put a president and they couldn't allow it to hang out there. And so if John F. Kennedy cheated to get to be president, which most historians say he did, it didn't mean he wasn't president. If LBJ cheated to become a senator, which most people say he did, doesn't mean he's not a senator. You don't get to go back in time. The Constitution has to move forward. The rule of law does. There is a window where you can make your challenges, and, and, and President Trump made some, and they didn't succeed. 
However, we still care about the elections and we should be able to talk about the elections. We should be able to have a serious conversation about the problem of election fraud in general, a problem of voter of, of, uh, of confidence, citizens confidence in elections. And right now we're being told we can't even have that conversation. You can't even talk about that and, and, and you, without being silenced or being, uh, being dragged uh, uh, you know, out and called names. And, and as I've told you, it's partly the names they call you. And it's partly the demonetizing and removing from the platform, uh, from the platforms where you're launching. So, um, so this is a real problem. Now, let me just tell you how powerful the media is, how powerful the brainwashing is. In my office, I can look out the window and the street is outside. There's a, there's alleys behind our, our office building where you can park, but in the front of it is a street where there's parking on the street. And so I have the window open. The weather's nicer here in the swamp. And, uh, and a guy was uh, there and I heard the beeping of a backup, uh, you know, backup, um, uh, not backup lights, but the sound of the backup beeping of the backup, um, the beeper where, you know, you know, a car is backing up. And I looked out. Somebody's backing up a big, uh, not a big, a tow truck. And the tow truck is, um, is uh, uh, the uh, is um, going to uh, was going to tow a car, and the reason they're towing the car is uh, it's it wasn't starting. So I- I'm hearing the guy, and he's like, "Yeah, is this your car?" He's like, "Yeah, you called? Yeah, okay, great. I'm here to help." And he's like, "Oh, good." And then I said, "Yeah, you gotta." And he said, um, "Is the traffic always this busy on here?" And the guy whose home it is, I think it's a home, said, "Oh yeah, there's more of those right wingers on the Capitol today." And the guy said, "Oh really?" And he said, "Yeah." He said again, and the guy said, "Well, yeah, it was crazy, you know." And the, he said, yeah, "They're trying to do it. They're trying to do it again." Like they did in January 6th or whatever. And they're having this conversation. Now, what are they talking about? Somebody on the internet has been promoting that March 4th is a date that is historically when there's inaugurations. And therefore, maybe this is going to be when Trump comes back in. That's crazy talk. And yet the conditioning of the people is to say something like that to each other. They've been brainwashed. First of all, they've been brainwashed that they're doing it again. It's not true. I went and checked. There's nothing going on. It's, it's, it's out of control. The narrative machine is out of control. It's really stunning. And, uh, and you know, we're seeing it over and over again. And it, I, at a certain point, I have to say, it just feels like it's meant to stop us from getting to the bottom of things, which makes you think, what really happened? So anyway, we're going to be talking more about that. But the, the story I want to talk about, the thing that you really need to talk about, and we heard about it on yesterday's program. If you haven't heard that, if you haven't didn't hear that interview, Chris Chimelinski of uh, Numbers USA talking about the amnesty bills that are coming up, and and now we have this this crisis on the border where people are coming through our border. This is the number one issue, and I, 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 I let me say this carefully. Oh, do I? Maybe it's not the number one issue. Maybe the number one issue is the fact that we'll never have a free and fair election if we don't get some real reform and get understand what happened. So maybe that is number one. But number two, close to it, is this question of the immigration, the immigration invasion. And I've been doing interviews the last couple of days and these issues have been coming up. And and here's one of the reasons things I want to tell you. Part of the problem right now is we don't have a coherent immigration policy. We have the government allowing other people, other non-Americans to decide what the immigration is because the cartels control the border. And all we do is react and let people come. And the, the sex traffickers and more likely, more than anything, the mules that just charge people to bring them across and also the drug dealers, all that's coming through the border. They're coming. Some people are coming through with covid. And we our answer is you guys decide what our immigration policy is and we'll just let everybody in. And and the secondary part of this, besides it being a crazy way to operate and the fact that it's endangering American citizens, see fentanyl, see covid, see national security, is the fact that 
We are not assimilating people in the country because our education system is so broken that a lot of people are coming in and the left seems to want to allow everybody to be a hyphenated American. And while I am an Irish American myself and I have, you know, ancestors that are from Ireland way back 100 years ago, I never thought of myself as anything other than American. Most people didn't. And now we have people that want to keep they want to keep people not not just in cages. That's what the, the Biden administration is keeping kids in cages, just like Obama did. And just like the Trump administration did, because you get a minor, a minor, a company to the border, you're not going to let them stay with the bad, the person who broke the law. You can. But now they're also, we're also bringing people, we're educating people, we're bringing them to the country, and we're keeping them in hyphenated, in hyphenated categories, and they're not assimilating. They're not. They're America's not. We're not doing a melting pot. So why don't we stop letting the cartels and others d- dictate our immigration policy? And and why don't we put a halt to all immigration? And not let the visa program be hijacked by by a big business and and do all of that and simply stop and say, you know what, we are not going to have we're not going to have any immigration. We're going to take a pause until we figure out what we want and we figure out how to assimilate. Why would that be so bad? Why? I think people would call me racist and call me other names. I'm saying it for everybody. I'm saying it for white guys from Ireland, you know, Italian girls, from, uh, you know, dark skinned, uh, dark haired Italian girls and people from the South that speak Mexican, uh, Spanish, all of them. Let's just pause and come up with our plan and, and enforce the border completely and decide what we want after we figure out how we're going to assimilate and be Americans. Seems to me to be a reasonable, uh, reasonable uh, option. But right now, that's that, that, here's the thing. As that story gets out of control, I believe it's the one issue that you're going to see, uh, play out in, in, in public because of the coverage of it. And when it does, I think it's going to really damage Biden. And I've been, I have not been optimistic that the Democrats would lose the House in 2022 because I kind of feel like the Republicans aren't going to do enough reform of election law and they're not going to do enough to contrast. But this may be it. It may be as the system's breaking down and immigration's out of control and the House is so out there wants amnesty, you know, Nancy Pelosi's house wants amnesty and everything else. This may be where it breaks down. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We've got a lot more. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com. Be right back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with John Schlafly. John Schlafly, of course, is one of the senior leaders at the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles and uh, is the currently writes a column weekly with his brother Andy, the Schlafly Report, which runs over at townhall.com each week. This week's column is Trump issues a clarion call for election integrity. And of course, as our listeners know, who are very highly educated, clarion call comes from the 14th century, the old French, which used the clarion was a high pitched trumpet was used in battle to so say a clarion call you would you would ring that you would whatever blow that horn and, and charge into battle so uh now john schlafly i while i rarely quibble with your insight i don't know if if donald trump really did he really do a clarion call on election integrity i don't know did it, when you listen when people when the 74 million listened to that did they come away from that speech and say election integrity you think well, that was certainly an important section near the conclusion of his speech. Now, much of his speech was like a like a typical Trump rally, but um, mm-hmm. 
you know, he then he addressed what must be done, what we must do now to safeguard the elections. And that part was new. And so for those of us who've been to many Trump rallies or watched them, uh, you're alert for what's new. And that was new. Um, so, yes, I think that would get people's attention. And uh, and then it was so timely because, of course, Nancy Pelosi uh, this week, yesterday and today, is ramming through the House of Representatives a bill that would go in the exact opposite direction. And that would enshrine in federal law all the bad things that were done in 2016. Or 2020, I should say. Um, yeah. Well, so and we're talking with John Schlafly. Yeah. Battle yeah. is joined. Okay, or oh, the battle's and it is, it the battle's it, it is a battle. <laughs> and, and the state of Georgia, you know, things are moving. Of course, uh, we've got some weak people in Georgia, but that state house did pass a bill um, uh, which was strong enough to uh, provoke <clears throat> a front page attack by the New York Times today. So I'd say that's a good sign. They're moving in the right direction. Well, that is that's a good that is a good sign. Now, John, I, you and I talked offline. We're talking with John Schlafly, uh, who writes his weekly column over uh, at townhall.com, Schlafly Report, also available over at phyllisschlafly.com, uh, where he's one of the leaders of the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, founded by his late mother. Uh, but, John, you and I talked offline. One of the trick boxes it feels like Republicans are in is they're going to they're going to enact a solution to a problem that the media says and the left and the big tech and everybody says doesn't exist. In other words, here we're going to have a solution to the election problems of 2020 that the media force and the the establishment, everyone forces us to say doesn't exist. If you say there's a problem in the 2020 election, if you doubt it, you'll be struck, you'll be struck off of Twitter and social media and all. In addition... It feels like a lot of our our side, when I say that, I mean conservatives that want good, fair, free and fair elections may not realize that the way that the election was uh, tampered with was was by overriding the legislatures through, you know, um, insider deals in courthouses and uh, and then uh, Supreme Courts of states and federal courts not being willing to take up the fight. So are we watching a ton of energy being expended when, in fact, it's it's wasted energy? Well, no, I don't think so, Ed. I think the, uh, you know, regardless of, uh, you know, the, the, you know, whether the actual fraudulent ballots could be documented, I think the people realize that ten, voting by mail and voting outside the ballot box is not a good idea. And that's that those practices, which were put in place only for the pandemic in some cases, and overriding the legislature in some cases, they need to be stopped. Although, as we as we learned after the election, um, uh, you know, Georgia, state of Georgia, had been had had no excuse absentee ballots since 2005, and that was put in by the legislature. Uh, and Michigan had no excuse absentee ballots for about two years. It was put in by a ballot initiative. Uh, hmm. By a liberal initiative, so um, and and so some of these practices have accumulated over time. But as Trump said, we need one election day, one, and everyone with a, with a very very few highly restricted exceptions, like military personnel serving overseas, 
uh, everyone has to go to their local polling place on one election day and cast their ballot in person under the watchful eye of poll watchers of both parties. I mean, and every state needs to reinstate that process. That is the only safe process. The voting has to be watched. Well, okay, John, but we're talking about John. If it's done on one day, and then all the ballots have to be counted that same day so that the totals are turned in by 10 p.m. on Election Day. There's no reason. Yeah, I have a. And therefore, it must be. Yeah, I have a. I have a I have a one of our listeners who said to me on this subject, he said, um, you know, the idea that you're going to have uh, uh, different jurisdictions within a state counting ballots and then taking their time. And then suddenly one decides to wait three hours, the other one. And they're coming in at different times. He said it just sets up the the feeling, if not the reality, that there is corruption. And he said, you know, everyone ought to have to turn theirs in by X time and nobody publishes it before that. Now, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know why it wouldn't be, but uh, maybe so, John, maybe so. I guess the question is. Is in m- many states, I, I shouldn't say many, but I think it's up to five. They've done mail-in ballots. I mean, you know, blanket mail-in ballots. I think Oregon is like that, and a few other states for five or seven years. And um, and you know, in, in some ways, the reality it's like um, it's like when you talk about um, people that want to reform Medicare. Well, it's too far gone to eliminate it. You could try to change some of the incentives and get some of the costs down, but you know, that's why a government program created will never be ended. It's feels like. Can you unring the bell on on uh, on mail-in ballots? I'm talking about the public perception. Uh, you know, COVID gave all these seniors the fear, rightly so in most cases, of, of complications in their lives, so they wanted to vote mail-in ballot. Now you're going to say they can't vote mail-in ballot. Uh, here's my question. In your experience, John Schlafly, will the politicians have the strength of, of, uh, of their conviction to stand up to that pressure? I'm not sure they will. Well, the five states, we'll put those aside, Ed, and we'll deal with the other 45 states, uh, which don't have that experience or track record on mail ballot. I mean, you know, and the five states are not swing states anyway. There are, there's one Republican and four Democratic states. Uh, they're not really issues, frankly, on a national level. They're, they're small states, and they're, they're one-party states. So, uh, but the other 45 states... Um, you know, I think we proved in 2020 that the, I mean, the post office is not set up to participate in elections. It's not set up to deliver ballots. Uh, there's the receive the infrastructure is just not there to do that. And, uh, uh, the post office, I don't know if any of your listeners have been watching the mail, uh, the, the performance has deteriorated. I mean, I'm getting, you know, just just this week I received a weekly newspaper that was published uh, the first week in January and it arrived two months late. And that is mm-hmm. seems to be par for the course now. And uh, a, post, a post office could only be used if the ballots were sent by uh Overnight or express mail, which costs you know ten dollars, yeah, you know, but right. but not for not for fifty five cents, no, because fifty five cents well, uh, does not guarantee yeah. delivery of a ballot. 
Well, and I should tell you that my wife has been tracking. I think we have four Christmas cards that the stamp uh, on the on the, uh, the the date stamp on the on the card was December tenth or so, and they arrived in the last two or three weeks. I mean, there's no doubt the U.S. Postal Service is uh, is not equipped for running elections. We don't ask them to do that. We we and we shouldn't ask them to do it. If we if we had our postal system running the elections, we would restructure our postal system in a very different way. Uh, but but John John pulling pulling back from that for a second, um, you and I again have talked offline and we've talked on the program. It seems to me we're missing a major, major piece of this puzzle and that no one that I see is able to and doesn't seem to be willing to fight to find out what really happened on November 3rd, 2020. I mean, we have the Time Magazine article where they're bragging about how the left, a cabal of folks, fortified the election. They see, they try to say it's all legal, but we haven't really, we've had, you know, we've had uh, uh, news coverage of a, a possible Venezuelan whistleblower. We've had a Kraken. We've had this and that and the other thing. And we, we don't have anyone and able to, and it doesn't seem to be willing to, get to the bottom of what really happened, in which case you can't really counter what is shoved in the face of the american people right now which is you can't question the election what's wrong with you 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 must be un-american you're you're kind of a seditious uh insurrectionist well i think we have enough reason to think that uh the vast expansion of of mail-in ballots and the other thing would be you know unattended drop boxes that's got to be stopped um you know, people need to go in person to the polling place and sign in where their signature can be verified and matched with the signature that's already on file. And they show photo ID um, and, and they're matched against a list where they have previously registered to vote. That's a system. That's a time honored system. You know, any relaxation of those rules is an open invitation to fraud. I think that's obvious to most people. And uh, and there's no reason why that should be wrongly uh, called voter suppression, because every American can participate in that system. There's no reason they can't. And yeah, and that's what we should do. <clears throat> yeah. All right, not John. Well, disparate impact on minority groups. Everyone right, can participate right. in that system. Yep. All right, John. Well, we'll track it. Trump, uh, John and Andy Schlafly's column, Trump Issues Clarion Call for Election Integrity. Uh, John, maybe you should start a new magazine called The New Clarion Call. It sounds like something that could be like a, a like a journal of, uh, of election integrity. All right. Somebody, is, some, uh, some oddball group is already using that name, so I, I can't do it. I think it's Minister Louis Farrakhan, in fact, is using that Oh, term. oh. So, so well, I, maybe I'm you're afraid t- that term is unavailable. <laughs> I see. So your title was a uh, was a clarion call, it was a dog whistle as well as a clarion call. I got it. <laughs> All right, John, we got to take a, we have to, we have to take a break. We'll be back. It's John Schlafly. The Schlafly Report is over at townhall.com as well as uh, at phyllisschlafly.com. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next our next guest is uh, my friend, Todd Benzman, and his book, which I'm holding in my hand, Todd, I finally got it, is uh, awesome. it's Bombardier, Bombardier Books, Todd Benzman, America's Covert Border War, the untold story of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration. I'm, I, I don't want to lie. I'm about... 
about a halfway through, a little bit more than halfway through chapter five. Um, so it's excellent, Todd. Congratulations. But I didn't want to miss a chance to have you on because I've been talking about the crisis at the border. And we had on somebody from Numbers USA yesterday, Todd, he talked about how there's at least two and probably more amnesty bills that are coming down the pike in the House. You know, they're, they're moving on some of the Biden priorities. Meanwhile, down at the border, it's getting chaotic, right? So I wanted to ask you about this, Todd. What? Tell me what's happening at the border right now. Tell me uh, and 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 what exactly uh, are these? You call it extracontinental uh, migrant uh, uh, sort of caravans coming up through the the, the towards the Biden border. Tell me what's happening, please. Well, so very much is happening at the border right now. Um, I was just on the phone with a uh, Border Patrol. uh, Actually, uh, this is a a helicopter pilot from CBP down there who was just telling me just how, how insane it is now. There are just people, migrants crossing willy nilly, running. Uh, evading, and then uh, there's another category of migrants that are coming in and just presenting themselves because those are the ones that are going to get different kinds of uh, amnesties and asylum, and uh, the ones that are running, uh, nobody knows how to count them. But what we do know is that in January, we had 80,000 apprehensions which is a, mm-hmm. a very high number. And then this month, uh, from, from all that I've been able to gather, the apprehensions are going to get really close to 100,000, if not more. And that again, that's just the apprehensions, the ones that come into contact with Border Patrol and they can register them and get a beat on them. Uh, there are many, many runners just uh, getting away and uh, in tractor trailers and vehicles and smuggling in all up and down the Texas border and Arizona, California. On the other side are these these migrant camps. Like there's, uh, for, for the Trump years, these migrant camps on the Mexican side had filled up and they'd been continuously inhabited. Sometimes they swell large. Sometimes now they're ghost towns. So hmm. uh, people are, are, are moving in such large numbers that I had a piece yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, uh, about the cartels who control all of the access to the American side. You can't you can't come in without paying the piso, the tax, to those guys. But there are so many that they've had to institute a manage an inventory management system that was pretty creative, where they're um, uh, requiring uh, all the migrants to register with them pay the the money and then put a um a wrist band on that like the kind you would get at a water park or yeah i did see i did see this i I did see this piece and 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 todd can am i saying this too dramatically when i say it like this the cartels are basically they're in charge of our border i mean is that didn't that that feel right no you're absolutely right They, they they nothing comes over uh, without their say so, or uh, you know, I'm, if it gets through, they're going to be mad at whoever whoever got through. Uh, but they do control almost everything that comes over through the plazas, and they're getting their cut. They're getting rich, richer off of what's happening down there. And I just want to, I just want to point out that none of this is by happenstance. In my view, 
the the mass surge where we're just at the beginning of it uh it's going to get worse and worse month by month that is all uh facilitated by the biden administration directly uh causing this there's there's no equivocation about that they messaged it for months and months that they were going to open the border and then they did it uh and that once you were in they were going to gut ice and make sure nobody got deported and so that's the definition that's the meat and potatoes of a of open border and they're they're coming for it of course they would it's it was imminently predictable so i just want to point that out and that this yeah. is not about hurricanes uh, in uh, guatemala or something well, I did. I had a kind of. We're talking with Todd Benzman, and uh, Todd Benzman is uh, is uh, his new book is called "America's Covert Border War: The Untold Story of the Nation's Battle to Prevent Jihadist Infiltration." One aspect of the border, and and he uh, he has a position at the uh, uh, with the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org is their website. He's the senior national security fellow. Uh, I had somebody tell me today who wanted to libertarian, you know, who wanted other, you know, you're misunderstanding the border, Ed. Uh, the people are only coming. He said, because we've messed with the governments in South America and Latin America and the governments are so broken, people have to come. And I said, look, I'm not against maybe that's a factor. Maybe there's a factor that, you know, the broken governments and and I don't care who you blame for it, but that's not the factor. And even if it is the factor, that doesn't mean you let them come surging into the country. So who is coming on these caravans? Who's who's coming right now? And and let me say that differently there. I was watching the the um, uh, the. the uh, documentary by uh, Nim- Nimrata uh, Singh. I get it. I'll get it right. I'll find it. Uh, America's abandoned. I think. And she was she was describing uh, that there's lots of Indians that pay uh, a fee to get their children to get people through. Uh, who's on the Who's in these groups? Is it Latin American people fleeing from poverty to the Americas uh, to America? Is it uh, the mules are being paid to bring yeah. in all kinds of people? Who's coming in? Who's coming? Right. So, um, and I forgot to answer the, your part of your question about extracontinentals. That's what I call them. Uh, these are mm-hmm. people from outside of this hemisphere, from all over the world, from broken countries all over the world. Ed, I mean, there, the, we didn't, it's not just the Latin America countries that we broke. There are countries all over the world that are broken. So they're coming from, uh, Guinea Bissau, uh, Burkina Faso, uh, Nigeria. Somalia, uh, all of the sub-Saharan African countries. You can find somebody, Ghana, uh, Cameroon, Democratic Republic of Congo, Haiti, lots and lots from Haiti, Cuba, uh, places that that are, um, you know, throughout the Middle East, Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria. Uh, they're all coming, and they are coming in increasing uh, numbers and with uh, an urgency right now because they want to make sure that the border, they get in before somebody realizes the mistake and and shuts it down or something like that. So so they are moving. uh, They're on the move. I've I've got two really good friends right now who are on the ground and they're journalists, uh, friends, who uh, last month spent time on the border with me and in Mexico uh, just a month ago, and right now they're in Colombia at the border with Panama, where a lot of this traffic is moving. The smugglers they're sending me photos, and we're talking on the phone, and they're explaining that there are just thousands of extracontinentals right now today uh, moving from Colombia to get to uh, the, through the Darien Gap into Panama, 
because the borders are open now. And uh, most of them are uh, people who have been living in Latin America already for several years. So it's not like they're fleeing their country right now. They just have relatives that have been calling them saying, hey, you've got to come right now because the Biden administration's opened the border and you need to come now. And so they, they're up, uprooting their lives in Brazil and Ecuador and elsewhere to, you know, come to America because they can get in now. And there are people from Iraq and Nepal and they're from all over the place coming in. And these are a national security threat. If you're at Chapter 5, uh, of my book, and by the way, that's my right. favorite chapter. Personally, my favorite chapter. Um, you, you, okay. you know what the you'll know what the threat is. You'll learn exactly what the threat is. The uh, we're talking with Todd Benzman. By the way, he's referring to his book. Uh, it's uh, out from um, Bombardier Books. Uh, America's covert border covert border war. Todd Benzman B E N S M A N. By the way, it, it's easier if you go right now, everybody, cis.org, and click through to Todd Benzman's page, national senior national security fellow. You'll see down there all of his uh, columns. The one I referenced that was over on Town Hall is also linked down there, and, and the more recent, um, uh, the one about the uh, water park. You get a uh, you know your wristband when you go to coming through the border. Um, <laughs> I know it's not, this is not your, this is not necessarily your um, role, but you do have a sense. And so I'm asking you this, you know, you, you don't, you don't necessarily talk the politics. You're saying, hey, what's the national security? How does this work? But isn't this a disaster for the Biden administration? I mean, do, if we get three or six months of this, even the left is going to start. You're getting some Democrats down in, in, in Texas. Uh, uh, I think Representative Gonzalez, a U.S. congressman, saying, what are we doing here? I mean, doesn't this turn into like the disaster of the Biden administration? Yes, absolutely. Uh, this this is a uh, kill shot. This thing, uh, if it develops the way that it looks like it's going to develop, if it stays on this trajectory, uh, the circumstances, the variables are all in place for this to be something truly historic at the border in terms of volume, size. Uh, humanitarian catastrophe uh, we may be looking I mean we saw it's not out of the question that a million people can get in in six months over that border it happened in 2019 uh, before Trump shut it down uh, what we're looking at now is if this goes on for say a year or two years or three years uh, you're literally looking at millions and millions of people just coursing in over that border and into American communities and into the job market with COVID. Nobody's getting tested. Uh, they're just putting them on Greyhound buses and, you know, shipping them to cities and towns across the country right now. Um, there, there are some pandemic closures that are, that are still kind of um, slowing things a little bit down in uh, Mexico, Guatemala, Mexico. The military's still down there. Uh, so the big caravans can't really form up, but um, those are starting to erode uh, the willpower of, of Guatemala, and, and people are able to smuggle around them. It's worth their, right. their money to smuggle around huh. those now because you're getting in. Okay. Guaranteed get in. Right. All right. Unfortunately, I got to run, Todd. We'll have you back on again. Todd Benzman, his book is America's Covert Covert Border War, the Untold Story of the Nation's Battle to Prevent Jihadist Infiltration. He's really, really good. CIS.org is where he is. Uh, all of his stuff is published. He there is a senior national security fellow at the Center for Immigration uh, Studies. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back. 
This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer became the face of overreaching COVID restrictions throughout 2020. She locked down everything from marinas to garden centers. The people of her state were outraged to learn that while they could still purchase liquor and state lottery tickets from their local Mega Mart, they could not purchase seeds to grow their own food. Whitmer joined the long line of Democrat politicians exposed for lockdown hypocrisy when her own husband tried to use gubernatorial influence to have a marina put their boat in the water before Memorial Day weekend. Mere days prior, Whitmer had strongly discouraged the people of Michigan from going out to celebrate the holiday in any way themselves. If you're a conservative, I probably don't have to tell you how dangerous it is to allow these kinds of government interventions into our private lives. It's especially dangerous to consider that all these outrageous actions were taken by executive order rather than by legislative action. Thankfully, the Michigan Supreme Court saw the danger and struck down Governor Whitmer's orders. Subsequently, cases pending against lockdown violators were summarily dropped. While Michigan's highest court gave the story a happy ending, the fundamental principles involved are still worth remembering. The fundamental difference between leftists and conservatives on the issue of lockdowns is responsibility. Those on the left believe Americans cannot be trusted to look after their own well-being. Consequently, the government has to step in like an overbearing nursemaid to make sure the citizens behave. Conservatives believe that personal responsibility is the best way to police behavior and to manage risk. Let American citizens and business owners take the actions that they believe are best for them. Governor Whitmer's overreaching lockdowns underscore everything conservatives fear from government-imposed mandates on personal behavior. If a citizen believes he should take whatever precautions against COVID-19, you won't hear any complaint from me. After all, personal responsibility goes to the very core of what it means to be an American. The Michigan Supreme Court was right. We don't need more executive mandates from bureaucratic sovereigns. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, We had some great interviews there. Went over on a couple of them, so I'm going to have to be careful here to get this done uh, and make sure to wrap it up. But, you know, I wanted to finish kind of where we started, if I can say. Uh, We started earlier in the program on what you need to know, the the opening, the Daily Wink. And I was telling you about the problem of censorship, that if you talk about the election, you will be censored. You'll be, uh, you know, right side broadcasting network has been silenced uh, because of, I believe, the coverage of President Trump's speech in which he talked about that. Uh, Others have done that. But here's the real twist. 
This is the important thing. And, you know, I've told you for a long time that the, the problem in the country is going to become and is becoming the problem of self-censorship. It's self-censorship that is the problem. And it's a it's an echo of what I, I've told you that in uh, in that famous essay, The Power of the Powerless uh, by v- Valak Havel um, back in the 70s, describing the, the uh, communist um, um, movement. And uh, Barry Weiss wrote this piece. And it basically the title of it is perfect. Uh, the title of it is um, the uh, and it's running in. Uh, let's see where it's running. I'm sorry. It's running in the. Uh, well, I, I picked it up on the Desert News, a newspaper site, and it's called the Self Silencing Majority. And he talks about how both parties, Red and Blue America, they want to they want you self censor. And here's my point on this: the point of self, the point of the the uh, the narrative and the the uh, the law, the, the the forcing us to to deny that there's a problem with the 2020 election is that they want and and making it toxic. They make it toxic. If you're someone that doubts the 2020 election, you're one of those white supremacists who wanted the insurrection. Over time, people step away from things that feel and seem ugly. They start to self-censor themselves to move away from that. That's what you see going on. So we'll talk more about that, but I'll post up on uh, on my uh, social media this story by Barry Weiss. Uh, so there you have it. All right, I will, um, I will be back tomorrow. It's Ed Martin. Great to be with you. Please go visit ProAmericaReport.com to find uh, all these uh, articles, all these interviews and other articles. Thank you to Noah, our great technical director, and Joanna for putting it. Ed Martin, be back tomorrow. Talk to you then. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego.